Hans and Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for our weekly conversation with the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke with us. David, how are you? Hey, David. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Very good. Better we're chatting with you. How are things? Wait, what? I'm just saying our day's better now that we're talking to you. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I um, maybe maybe my first answer didn't come across. I I had said I was good, so I um, oh, okay. I'm just I'm getting sorry. ready. I'm trying to learn who all these thunder people are. All right. With that said, uh, a couple things I wanted to run past you. Um, let's talk about last night. Well, actually, before we do that, let's talk about the number one seed. How vital and how important is it that the Jazz somehow hold on to that thing? I think it's massively important because I believe. Um, the few things, well, it's getting interesting. So I think it's massively important uh, because one, the eight seeded team will have played two games by the time you play them. So I think that that's um, a really, really big part of that. Um, and that they'll be fatigued. Um, number two, uh, I, and I might be wavering slightly on this. I, I really have felt that there were, there were five elite teams and that's probably changed today. Um, and then there were two teams with unguardable superstars that got us to seven. It might actually be that there are eight teams, you know, five elite teams with one change now changing and, and then unguardable superstars. So probably four championship teams and four unguardable superstars, which could single-handedly win a game seven. Um, and Zion being the fourth one. Like, I'm just not sure you can guard him. So I fully expect that New Orleans kind of makes the eight, the tenth spot. Then they probably play Golden State or someone, and then I don't know. Maybe they make it in. Um, So I think the um, I think it's a really tough. You know, the playoffs are just going to be brutal. So you know, and I think the home court the whole time is really important. Uh, I guess you could start to make an argument that the two three seed might not be that bad because the Lakers seem more and more like they're going to be four or five, but I actually think the Clippers are better than the Lakers. So there's just no easy route here. It's no easy route. Any way you look at it, it's just, it's difficult. Scotty and I were going back and forth and, and Scotty's pretty certain that he'd rather see the Dallas Mavericks in a one eight scenario or a second-round scenario than the Golden State Warriors potentially in a 1-8 scenario. I'd rather see Golden State than Dallas. Or you'd rather, Sorry, you'd rather see Golden State. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, I would agree with Scotty on that. So Draymond but, I mean, Green but, okay. and Steph Curry. So, right, we're now, you're, we're now choosing Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Like, I know, That's right? really where we are? Like, yeah. See, it wasn't right. as easy I mean, a choice for me. I, I, I'm pretty conflicted on that. Yeah, I feel like there's just not enough around Steph other than Draymond and Draymond is, and I think there's a little more around Luca, but maybe not. I mean, Luca's really unguardable. He can get it wherever he wants to go on the floor with an awesome creativity and a size that we can't guard. Um, Steph can kind of get anywhere he wants with a dribble and drop 50 something last night. And is just absolutely remarkable. Uh, you know, Zion's unguardable. Like, who – if we play New Orleans, like, who's guarding Zion? Yeah. Uh, Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Royce is going to ask for rest every night between now and then. That's what he's got coming up next. Royce is 6'4". 
Zion's a semi truck. Right? No, and, and, and then if and by the way, so if Royce is guarding Zion, who's guarding Brandon Ingram? Yeah. David, I actually wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Um because we were talking to Andy Bailey, he was talking about some of Zion's numbers and, and how unguardable he is. And I was looking at he had uh, three three point attempts at so far in April. He had four through the entire month of March. So he puts up no perimeter, uh, really no perimeter um, threat. So as as a defender, you've got to be looking at him being able to set in a position where you don't have to get out and close on that potential three shot but he's still doing what he's doing. Can you, th- can you think of a player that does not have a true three-point attack that can get to the rim like Zion does? So, interestingly, I can. I think it's Ja Morant. Hmm. He doesn't attempt the three. I mean, he does, but it's not a threat. You're totally – and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Like, you're okay. totally fine if Ja Morant, Russell Westbrook, or Zion Williamson take a three. But if you back off them too far, then all of a sudden they're just coming right down the they're coming down at downhill yeah. at you. Full and head of steam. It's a full head of yeah, I, I don't know. Like that's not the answer, I don't think, because it's an interesting point. Seven listed two eighty four, you're not like uh, you're not slowing him down. Like he's rolling off you, he's spinning, he's he's doing whatever he wants. His shooting is limited but it doesn't i don't know if it matters and john morant's is uh i think actually zion's probably a better shooter than than john morant when i'm just kind of kidding but um i mean zion williamson at last i checked has taken like 32 shots outside 10 feet david lock with 32 us not- the, 32 the whole year wow wow interesting i didn't realize it was that it was that few yeah, I mean, he's just – he's taken – I mean, I think he's taken 700 or 800 shots at the rim. Could we see a stretch of more rest games for the Jazz coming up, just knowing that, you know, the one seed would be great, but it's more important to be playing your best basketball going into the playoffs? Well, I think that the one seed would be great is really, really important. Um, so, I think – but we're also playing just – an insane amount of basketball games. Yeah. We do have this nice two-day break right here, and I think you're taking advantage of that. To, you know, Royce has been giving every ounce of everything he has to the organization right now. Um, and then we've got that, you know, we've got those funky two-day games. And then we actually have, come out of Houston, We coming out of Houston, we actually have another two-day break. Um, so, yeah, we probably could play around a little bit, though. Houston's playing pretty well right now. You're not going to be able to... No, Oklahoma City's not. They're losing by an average of 25 points a game. Um, and they almost have an entire starting lineup built in the 2000s today. Wow. Two of their guys were born in late 99. I hate that so much. I really <laughs> I hate that. I really hate that. Um, so I think when you um, when you kind of start to look at them, like Houston I don't think is is that much of a – like. I don't think you can just walk past Houston. But, I mean, we just – I mean, it's just a lot of basketball, right? We come back and play four and six again out on the backside of that, and then I think we do it again, play four and – I think we play four games in six nights with a Sunday off and then do it again and then take Sunday off and then do it again and then take Sunday off and maybe do it one more time or maybe it's only our final three weeks of the season. You 
but we play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, all three weeks. It really bummed me out when Raja Bell retired because Raj is like a month and a half older than I am. And I was like, that was the last one. That was the last guy hanging in there. I don't even know who the last guy was. Maybe it's Mike. Maybe it's this night, whatever, many years ago when Kobe had his final night. Um, I don't even know. I'm so old. I wouldn't even know who that is. Yeah, it's getting difficult for me because I, I look at the NFL and Tom Brady's the only one that's still there that was there when I was there outside of, I'm sure, kickers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the, league is, the league is completely turned out. It happens, you know. Aging, <laughs> aging uh, does not seem to stop. Does not seem to stop this from happening. Father time is undefeated for sure. Um, I've heard that once okay or twice. Yep. We don't have to be okay with it. No, it doesn't mean we have I, to like my it. My <laughs> wife is like so subtly, calmly fine with it. It's kind of crazy. I was like, whenever I freak out about it, and she's always like, "What? Well, what are you like? What are you trying to do here? Like, what are you?" Like what do you, I was like I, I don't know like she's like just let it happen like they, there's no real other choice what are you getting all bothered by? Um, well, that's impressive to have that kind of mindset because I think everyone in my house is losing their mind over getting older. Because time's flying. Yeah, it is. All right, so uh, one thing I wanted to chat with you too about, and I had you know some things during the notes I was like or during the week that I'm like I need to talk to David about this. What has been more often than not? Um, Jazz usually come out in the third quarter and have incredible third quarters. Is it just adjustments? What What do you attribute that to? I think you've got to attribute to adjustments. Um, I think this team kind of is getting a master's degree in basketball from Quinn Snyder and the coaching staff, and they understand how to play. And so as the game of as the night evolves, I think they understand the adjustments that they have to make and come out um, – to do that, I think the um, other aspect of things is, you know, there are probably some nights where they decide that they're trying to, um, you know, naturally win a game the easy way and you have to play the hard way in the in that quarter. So I think that that's, um, that happens. You know, last night they did it as well, frankly. If you actually look at last night's game, they had done kind of what they always do, which is they'd come out and we're having a dominating third quarter – and then they went to the bench, and the bench didn't exist anymore. And they didn't have the personnel to, to bring it back. But, you know, before their first substitution, they had cut three points into the deficit, and then they were kind of staying. They made their first substitutions where Mia Oni was in instead, and that was kind of normal. And, and everything was kind of as is we normally see. And then it just – and then we got to the, to the regular spot where we really usually put the final hammer down with our Conley – Clarkson, Ingles, Niang, Gobert lineup that stretches from the end of the third quarter to the beginning of the fourth, and that's the lineup where we re- usually kill people, and we were minus 16 last night, uh, minus, I think, uh, 14 of them in the, in the second half and minus two in the first half with that lineup on the floor, and that's the lineup that's, you know, in the time period where we usually bust a game open, we got outscored by 16 points last night. Yeah. Geez, David, when when we started this interview and you said, oh, just busy trying to figure out the Oklahoma City roster, I'm just looking at this, and I understand why you're putting work into this because I, I don't know these people. <laughs> yeah, I need to um, get on my uh, NBA account and just watch them and try to 
learn. I have a rule that uh, the, the last piece of prep I do every night before I'm done is I just run through their roster and say three things about every player off the top of my head. Um, just to, you know, just so somebody checks in, you have something to say about them and, um, you, you don't use all of them. I'm, I had to work t- today to come up with my three things on Isaiah Robbie, um, who, I don't know if you know this, but he's one of the oldest guys on the team. He was born in 98. Oh, jeez. Originally a second-round draft pick for the Detroit Pistons. Um, played three games for Oklahoma last year, but this year has had 23 starts. He's doing quite well, averaging about nine points a game. 6'8", 230 pounds. Is that good? So there, there, that was, that was, you want to test? Moses Brown. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we get to choose. Oh, okay. You choose. Aleski Poskovsky. Well, he's not playing tonight. Poskovsky's not playing tonight. This one's easy because he was in the draft. So I actually probably knew three things on him without prepping. Um, he's seven feet tall and maybe 190 pounds. Um, he's, he, most people thought he was going to be like a G leaguer or someone like that. He's shooting 33%. He set an NBA record to start the year by not taking a single free throw until his 18th game played. <laughs> wow. So I like this. That is great. Um, Josh Hall. Okay. Um, uh-oh. Let's see if I've been stumped. Josh Hall. <laughs> um, he has been I inactive think... the last four games. Okay, so my memory on him, my three things on him are no college, I think. Um, six nine, and maybe the same weight as Pokashevsky was going to be kind of like my joke about him. He was like yeah. five inches shorter than Pokashevsky, but weighs the same. Six there nine one ninety. No, yep. There's no college on him, and um, I think like shooting like twenty three percent and like eleven percent from three or something like that. Yep. Yeah, eleven point eight percent from three. Hi, David. Uh, and also went to three different high schools too. Oh, I didn't have that. Um, Svi McCulloch. Did he go to Did he go to Oak Hill Academy? Because they he, all go to Oak Hill Academy. He, he started in Southern High School in Durham. Went to Oak Hill Academy. <laughs> My man. Wait, 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 wait. If he didn't go to All right, so did he, he transferred out of Oak Hill? Uh, well, I don't, I'm looking at Basketball Reference, and they just list three, so I'm not okay. sure if it's in then order. It meant that it, that, okay, then there's only two other places. There's the place in Henderson, Nevada which I can't think of. And there's another one like modern day or modern Verde or something like that in Virginia. What's the one in Henderson, it's, Nevada, where they all go? I don't know uh, about Finley Henderson. Prep. Fin- Finley prep is. So they all go to Oak Hill. Modern day. I think it's called. It's not modern day. That's no, the that's one the in California. No, this is yeah. Morav- Moravian prep. Yeah. In, in Hickory, yeah. North Carolina. <laughs> you nailed it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they all, all of the top 50 recruits in the country go to those schools. It's interesting. That's what the, um, uh, Kevin Ollie like is kind of basically building the school where they're going to start paying him at sixteen instead of going to those schools. Yeah. Well, I mean they're getting paid to go to those schools anyway. But. Last one for me, David Svee McCulloch. Oh, I got that's easy. Originally drafted by the Lakers, played in Detroit, six seven, trying to be a Duncan Robinson, Davis Bertans type three point shooters. Bounced around, came out of Kansas. Um, uh, Mahailuk, I think is how you pronounce. Mahailuk is I think how you pronounce it. Um, only reason is because I really like him. I think he he's somebody like if I I would have kind of grabbed and put on a roster. I, I I'm a big believer in this 
six foot eight high volume three point shooters. Um, and he's not quite as good. Like all the other guys are at 40, 41, 42, and he's like at 35, 36, 37%. And so the question would be whether you think he could ever be that good. Um, but I think if I remember correctly, originally a Laker, um, then to Detroit, maybe someone in between and, um, just, you know, comes off picks and has a chance to be a, um, a really good shooter. There's another story on him that actually you're going to make me look up. Um, again, I, I like Mahai Luke. Um, he's one of the kind of guys. I think he might have enrolled at Kansas at 16. Hmm. Um, I, my memory is that he is, like, stunningly young still. So that, like, he's been in the league for, like, five, four or five years, but came into the league at 20. Interesting. So well, there you right go. My, is he the oldest player on their team? Ooh. At 20, like four or five years old? That's a great question. Hold on a second. Al Horford uh, doesn't count. He's not playing. Well, you got, uh, oh, no. Uh, you got Mike Muscala, but he's not really playing. He's out I mean, tonight, right? Is he? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think he is. Okay. Thank you for not asking me about Justin Robinson because I got him wrong three times. I thought he was Jerome Robinson when I did my prep. Who was out of Boston College, but this guy's not out of Boston College. He's out of Virginia Tech, and I am embarrassed to say I don't know anything about him. He's played like ten games in the NBA last year for Washington, and I didn't know he. I didn't know about him. So thank you for not asking me about him. I, I still don't have three things on him. Oh, one more, Tony Bradley. <laughs> I'm so excited for Tony. He had like a big double double. He had a monster game the other day, playing. He he like suddenly got more minutes than the great Moses Brown. Um, you know, Tony's better than people give him credit. Like, he's bouncing around and just got to find a way in the NBA and figure figure it out. But um, and hopefully this is a spot for him because um, I think he's proving that there's a spot for him in the league. Um, he's such a great kid. He's worked pretty hard. He came in the league so young. Um, he can't be more than 23 years old at this point. Um, and so hopefully this opportunity to play these extended minutes and no pressure situations, but I think he had his best coming off his best game of the year. I think he had like 18 and 12 or I'd have to check that. Sorry. Um, he had a big double, double. He had like his first or second double, double of the year. And, in, and, in, um, in the last game out and was, was pretty solid. You know, so, there's some defensive numbers that are not dramatically different this year than last year with Tony Bradley playing different players, but not, you know, I mean, like just to give Tony Bradley a little bit of a break, if you go look up our lineup data and the lineup that was so good this year in um, with Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, George Niang, that same lineup with Tony Bradley was great last year. Hmm. Is there, is there a chance for a player like, I don't know, Tony, what's in his fourth year in the NBA? I mean, is there a point of no return where it does, where it usually just doesn't click? Is it three years, four years, five years where, you know, it's a point where it's like, okay, it's just probably not going to happen for him at a high level. It's, an interesting, it's a really interesting question. Um, well, I mean, I think a guy like Tony Bradley's drafted, what, 28th in the league, so yeah, he's not and, expected and I, to be exactly. a high-level guy anyway. Um, so you're drafting Tony Bradley, trying to get a 10-year bench vet, and the chances are 10-year bench vets get traded and moved around a bunch. So we probably got exactly what we thought we were going to get out of Tony Bradley. 
Um, uh, it's a really good question. Like, what's the moment in time? Let's take, like, Mahai Luke might be a better example, but, again, he was a late second-round pick. Like, he, you know, I keep saying I like him, right? But, like, at what point do I just decide, okay, he's a 36% three-point shooter that's not going to get better? Um, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, that's a really interesting question. I'm actually thinking about Davis Bertans last night. Like, when did – like, how many years was he in San Antonio? He played three years at San Antonio, which was kind of a bit piece. But he also was shooting 40% from three before he became went to Washington last year and started taking nine a game. Um, I do think there's something that male bodies mature later, right? So probably yeah. 25 to 26 is probably when you become a man physically in the NBA. I don't know. It's a great question. Well, By like the way, I, like, just looked, like, I just like, looked it up. My, my guy Tony Bradley with that lineup last night. We were last year. We were plus 18 with Conley, Clarkson, Ingles, Niang, and Bradley on the floor. Plus 18. Mm. Like a guy like Hal Neto, at what point did you realize Hal uh, I mean, but is going to find yeah, a he's home? Just, I mean, I would go the other way on Howell Neto. Unfortunately, I love Howell. But, like, at what point is it abundantly obvious that your body's not capable of handling the NBA? Right? is a good player, but, I mean, he's just, like you saw him last night, two ankle braces, a knee brace, and probably, you know, probably had a wrist thing too, right? I mean, he just plays – his body is just he's so undersized plays hard. and so he's and he's just trying to work so hard to to stay above water that his body just breaks down on him and i think that's um but i mean there's no question that he's a serviceable rotation player in the nba but he's probably not you know at 15 minutes a night he's probably not someone you actually know you're going to have every night David Locke right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. David, have a great call tonight, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, David. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.